What's up, everybody? Wanted to do a quick episode to recap the conference we just got back from last week. Spectora went to the IEB conference. And for those of you that don't know, IEB stands for Inspector Empire Builder. Um, it's about a two, about a 300 company um, mastermind and coaching group that does more than that. They really teach a lot about personal growth and ways to structure your business and organization for growth um, and really help just give a new way of thinking about home inspection businesses because historically they have not been scalable and the industry had not found great ways to grow. And so it's an amazing organization. Um, we've been really close with them for about five, six years now when we met them early on in our journey. And we just really liked the way they looked at the world and the very uh, uplifting, positive, motivational, inspirational vibe that they have at these conferences. It's unlike anything else I've experienced in the industry. So I like packaging up these takeaways that I get from the conference and delivering it to you all um, because most of you probably were not there. Um, so I have about five takeaways I want to get into um, just to share that knowledge. Two of them are kind of personal growth oriented, um, some good takeaways there. And then the last three are more business and operationally focused. So let's dive in. Um, the first one was a keynote talk by Dirk. So he's uh, one of the co-founders and creators of IEB. He has a background as a real in the real estate brokerage world, um, and he studies human systems and psychology, really engaging, charismatic guy. So I love hearing him talk on stage. He, he gives everyone nuggets of wisdom every time, and I learn something from him personally every time he's on stage. And so one of his, his initial talk was focused on your belief system. So he asks everyone to think about their own belief system. What does that mean? So it means that we all have a belief system or a construct that helps us see the world. Uh, you may also hear it referred to as kind of your lens or your, your sometimes your biases or prejudice, whatever it is. When someone speaks or someone does something, we layer on our belief system and apply it to that. And so he was encouraging everyone in the room to think about your belief system and how you th what you think of who you are. So it's your internal story that you're telling yourself. And this has to do with business and the personal side. So it can be, I'm the type of person who works out in the morning. I'm not the type of person who works out in the morning. Uh, I, I can't grow my business. Um, there's, so there's lots of constructs and things we create. And so he put a slide up there that talked about what's your belief system around people? Are people inherently good? Do you have people around you that elevate you, inspire you? make you want to be a better version of yourself. There was a money piece. What's your belief system around money? Is money easy to acquire? Does it find you? Does it work for you? Is it a tool to create the life you want? Or is it scarce? Is there not enough? Is it hard to find? Environment. You deeply care about who, who you're around and what your environment does for you. Or is your environment tough to work around? Is it not friendly? Is it something you don't appreciate or enjoy? And then a fourth piece to a belief system was opportunity. How do you view opportunity? How do you view your business? How do you view the opportunity to be a father, a husband, a son, um, a wife, whatever? And so he just encouraged everyone to think about your belief system and how you think about opportunity and what that internal dialogue is like because I'm a big believer in this as well, that it, it dictates your actions and it dictates your, your confidence and your courage to go after certain things or to not based on how you think about opportunity. And so um, the opportunity one is really, really good for me because I love believing that there's opportunity all around us. 
Um, and I think the, the type of people you're around and how you view opportunity um, dictates how far you can go and what you can achieve. And so, um, you know, a good takeaway was, hey, the world will reward or punish you based on your construct and belief system. So just think about that. Let that sink in of like how you believe yourself to be, stories you tell yourself about you, your business, your family, whatever, um, you know, the world will reward or punish that. So embrace hard things. Um, don't let yourself just drift without acknowledging the stories you tell yourself or the belief system. And then at the end, he, he asked, what are you willing to go through to achieve what you want? What are you willing to go through to get to your goals? And this is some of the work that needs to be done, at least acknowledging and thinking about what your belief systems are. So I thought that was really a really great takeaway, a really good opening session that got everyone really looking within to say, okay, where am I holding myself back? Um, and how can I kind of uh, question my belief systems and the lens I view the world through to help me get what I want? Because I firmly believe a lot of us are our own worst enemies and um, even a little bit of work around that journaling, um, you know, putting some time to think about this can help a lot. Okay. So the second big takeaway was the focus on clarity. So think about that word for a second. Just think about what clarity means to you. Are you clear on what's the most important things to focus on right now? I talk to a lot of inspectors every day and every week, and this is an area I think we all can get better at. Me as a business owner, myself, there's days where I don't feel like I have clarity, where I feel like I'm just chasing the next fire and, and kind of going on my gut. How do you get clear? How do you get clear on what the most important things to focus on are? And so just that concept of clarity, I think if you spend time to think about that and do some writing, um, it can help. And so I'm starting a practice where I take one hour a week to just sit and think. And it's not just, you know, blind meditation to see where my mind goes, because that that can get away from us. We all know how hard that can be. And so I'm taking an hour a week where I put it on my calendar, and it is strategic thinking time. And so I start with what my goals are, what the business goals are, and I work backwards from there. And it may take a lot of sessions for you all to to accomplish this, but start with one hour a week to just really think about your goals and what the most important things are to you. Um, and this can be personal. This can also be business, um, whether it's family time, working out, better diet, um, increasing the amount of agents you reach out to each week, increasing uh, the people you ask for a review each week, whatever it is, take time to think about it and put try to put it into a prioritized list. Um, and there's a couple different ways you can structure this. So one would be by priority, low, medium, high, and you put this in your notes document or your notes app or a Google doc, and you just knock out the high pry and maybe knock out a few low to medium priority ones each week or each month. Um, the other way to structure this would be, um, the other way to structure this would be by uh, time frame. So saying, hey, I got to get this done this week. And then you have maybe a monthly goal and then you have a quarterly goal. So you put things in there that um, are time-based. So just, just give that some thought. But the whole point of the exercise is to get clear on what you're doing and why. Because I think days can get away from us, weeks can get away from us, family, life happens, life events, and then we're all just kind of chasing um, what's recent and what we feel like is uh, urgent but not important. So finding clarity on what's important, something we all need reminders on. 
Um, so I encourage everyone to, to put some time into that. Okay, number three. Um, this is more tactical operational. Rob Lemoyne and Kat Lemoyne, two owners, beautiful couple, amazing. They run probably the biggest company in the country, Residential Inspectors of America, RIA. Amazing people inspire me every time they're on stage talking. They put up on the screen, uh, on the projector, all the things they track, and the biggest companies track everything. So if you want to know what the biggest, fastest-growing companies are doing, part of why they're successful is they track things. Everything that's tracked gets better. So they're they're tracking percent of inspections booked online versus over the phone, their average fee week to week, their close rate, their upsell percent, the discounts they've given, what their capacity is week to week, um, the number of complaints they get, the number of new agents contacted, broken out by top performers, rising stars, recaptured agents that have not used them in 30, 60, 90 days. So they know their numbers really, really well. So and this was just in an Excel spreadsheet. I don't want everyone here to overthink this and think, oh, you have to have fancy software or tools. They tracked these in an Excel sheet and they shared it up on the screen. So um, I, I can I can share a condensed version of this. Um, you know, I'll put it out on our blog, but I want everyone to kind of get in the habit of just tracking even the most basics of things week to week, put them in a spreadsheet, and this will help you know your numbers because the takeaway here is when you don't know your numbers, you're gambling. And this is true for any business. This is tr- I'm taking my own advice. I'm getting to know our numbers better. And if someone walked up on the street and asked me, I want to have answers to um, a lot of these questions that you guys need to be knowing in your business. Okay, number four. We should all be thinking about how to better our agent acquisition skills. So prospecting, meeting new agents, and engaging uh, existing agents that maybe have drifted or floated away. So they had a sales guy up doing a talk um, who was great. I think he he hit on so much of what we talk about on the pod, what our YouTube videos and webinars that I do. But there's a couple other things. There's a couple of points that jumped out to me. So a big obvious takeaway is that agents are people, not prospects. And so we, ta- we use the term agent prospecting, but it, that can dehumanize it. Remember that this is a relationship business and that people work with inspectors that they know, like, and trust. And so just remembering to always bring it back to the human element and ask people questions, find out what they're interested in, connect with them on some deeper level than, hey, I need inspections from you. And that I think will help guide you in the right way. Um, And so when you are talking to an agent, ask specific questions, ask about their interests, personalize things, and build those genuine relationships. Um, And just know that your conversion when you're trying to meet agents should be a meeting with them. So then you can learn about them and connect and actually human to human connect with them, maybe make a friend, maybe they're a business acquaintance, but the whole point is to get to know people and connect with other humans so we can make things better for each other. So obvious, but not, not always easy to do. So, um, and then the the fifth biggest takeaway came from a talk of Greenworks CEO, Harmony Brown, who is an absolute rock star in this industry. I'd love to get her on the podcast someday, but she runs Greenworks and I believe there are over a hundred employees now. So they have, I think 50, 60, 70 inspectors. They dominate Texas. They're looking to expand to other states. Um, they have a handyman company. They have an in-house plumber. They have a pest control business. So they they have expanded, and they've only been around about five, six, seven years. So they're a company that is focused on growth, and and they're in a state that I believe had that some would think has rigid laws and rules, but they 
They're navigating it by just focusing on providing value. What else do their customers want and need and how can they provide it? And they don't necessarily fixate or freak out over, oh, my, my uh, ethics board or the state you know, rules say this. I think everyone needs to be thinking about how to add more value um, because in this upcoming environment we're going into, um, most likely a recession, definite drop in, in home inspection volume, we also need to be thinking about how can we serve our customers um, and not, I, I think our industry does truly get in the way of ourselves a lot by just simply saying, oh, it could be a peer, it could appear as a conflict of interest. These big companies don't, they don't mind that. They're on a mission. And um, maybe I'll get one of them on to talk about how they're navigating that side of it. They just provide value hands down and they are very clear in their communication about um, how they're adding value, which one of their companies is providing a service, what options the homeowner has. So they just really focus on this. And so I would encourage everyone to learn about your state's actual laws, rules, repercussions, and figure out how you can just add value. Um, not asking anyone to break laws here. I'm saying find out what's actually a law and what constitutes, okay, a conflict of interest or something like that or arm's length. So um, I know some states are, are really strict on this and others are not. But a lot of these big companies I saw speak there that, are, that have been doing this for years, keep in mind. Um, have not run into any issues, um, and a lot of them are in the biggest states and a lot of the states that you all are in. So um, I'm going to talk more about this and put out some more content around it and how they're navigating it. But, I mean, these companies are growing a massive footprint and providing massive value, and they're helping more clients at the end of the day. That's the whole point of this, and I think they they have very, very pure intentions to grow by providing more value to their homeowners because they are thinking about a downturn. They are thinking about, hey, we want to keep our margins. We want to keep making money and keep relationships fresh throughout a downturn um, because we have to all think about a world where your your home inspection volume goes down by 20 to 50%. I think you have to think about what your revenue will do if you go down by 20 to 50%. And it's got to be add-on services. It's got to be thinking outside of that. It's got to be thinking about um, home maintenance, other services, other offers you can offer your clients that they need and want that help you out, that help you provide the value and get you through a rough patch that we're sure to come into. So just wanted to make it clear that some of these huge companies impress me so much because they are so mission driven and they don't let anything get in their way. And I would encourage everyone to uh, embrace a little of that mindset if you want to go that route, if you want to keep your numbers where they are. If you want to keep growing and expanding through a recession and not contract, it's a mindset to kind of start wrapping your head around because um, these big companies are doing it and they're taking market share from the smaller guys. And, you know, I want, I want everyone that wants to succeed and grow in this industry to succeed and grow. And so I think there is going to be a portion of our industry that does get blindsided and I don't want to see that happen. So, um, it was a great conference, guys. Hopefully those takeaways help. And um, let me know if you want me to expand on any more of those and uh, on another episode or, or put out more content. All right, thanks.